chapter twenty six of geographical reader europe by frank g carpenter this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by betty b chapter twenty six switzerland the alps put on your rough clothes this morning and leave your heavy baggage behind we are about to explore some of the mountainous parts of switzerland and much of our travel must be upon foot each must carry his own knapsack and the sensible ones will take just as little as possible a waterproof an extra suit of underclothing some handkerchiefs and woolen stockings together with the necessary articles of everyday toilet will be quite enough we shall each take an alpenstock a strong pole with a sharp steel point on its end to aid us in climbing and in walking over the ice and also smoked glasses to shield our eyes from the glare of the snow our guides will bring along ropes to tie us to them while passing over the dangerous places and ice axes to cut steps into the walls of the glaciers and up the ice banks of the mountains switzerland is the most mountainous country of europe it contains the highest ranges of the alps it has several peaks almost three miles in height and many which are clad with perpetual snow it has hundreds of great glaciers or ice streams which fill the mountain valleys and extend down into the green pastures and forests below it is not a large country altogether it has only about twice as much land as massachusetts and one-third of it is ice and bare rocks another third is covered with forest but here and there in the woods in the valleys and even high up in the mountains there are good pastures there are many small farms and rich vineyards and in all about one-ninth of the whole can be cultivated this is not a great deal but nevertheless switzerland is one of the most important countries of europe the snow-clad mountains condense into rain the moisture of the winds which roar about them and thus become the cradles of some of the greatest of the european rivers upon one slope of st gothard the rhine has its beginning in a little brook so narrow that we leap over it with our alpenstocks and a few miles to the west on the same mountain so near that we walk from one place to the other is the great glacier out of which pours the rhone to the east are the first springs of the danube which forms a vast trade route through southern europe to the black sea and down the other side of the mountains flows the ticino the chief feeder of the po the principal river of italy these streams and others from the alps water a vast territory they have much to do in making europe the richest of the continents and they are entirely dependent on the mountains we are climbing could we rise high above switzerland in a balloon and look down upon it we should see that the central alps and the jura with some highlands between them comprise the whole country we should see that the alps rise from the plateau in several ranges and that they have many cross valleys but that st gothard at the centre is the chief dividing mass with the great trench or valley of the rhine running down one side of it to the northeast and the valley of the rhone down the other to the southwest as our balloon sank down and hovered over the snow masses we should see that the mountains are cut up into all sorts of strange shapes there are deep gorges with rocky walls half covered with green beautiful lakes surrounded by snowy peaks which mirror themselves in the waters there are silvery cascades emerald meadows 
and level uplands spotted with flowers and indeed so much beautiful scenery that people come from all over the world to enjoy it and the life-giving air of the mountains so many thousand tourists come that switzerland is called the playground of europe there are hotels everywhere and even on the tops of mount rigi and several others of the highest alps we can find comfortable quarters the tourists spend so many millions of dollars in switzerland every year that the people have made good roads to all the principal places and have built many hotels they have constructed roads over the passes and long tunnels through mount st gothard and others of the alps to carry people and merchandise by railroad to and from italy their tunnels and their railroads bring the mediterranean and the north sea within several days of each other whereas before they were constructed the most of the goods were carried about through the strait of gibraltar or to marseilles and across france by rail a cog railroad like those we have at mount washington and pikes peak was built up mount rigi many years ago the travelers might see the view this was so well patronized that similar roads have since been built to the tops of other peaks so that mark twain has said there is now scarcely a great alp that has not a railroad or ladder up its back like a pair of suspenders this of course an exaggeration there are many conveniences for travelers but you cannot cross glaciers by railroad and the most interesting places must be visited on foot we take the railroad from basel over the high plains to the foot of the alps and then tramp on our way up one mountain after another through some of the grandest scenery of the world the air grows colder as we go up we leave the cultivated farms and vineyards climbing higher and higher now passing through forests of beeches chestnuts and walnuts now walking along a mountainside overlooking a beautiful valley spotted with the cottages of the farmers and now reaching the higher lands where there are only forests of fir and pine trees and pastures with cows sheep and goats feeding upon them higher still the trees disappear and shrubs and strange flowers are alone to be seen there are many bushes lovely alpine roses and creeping azaleas the grass is shorter than below but it smells so sweet that we do not wonder the cattle and sheep greedily eat it there are many small but brilliant flowers among the rocks deep blue light pink and delicate purple blossoms are everywhere growing even on the snow line which we reach at eight or nine thousand feet above the sea when we started we were in midsummer here we seem to be in midwinter save that the sun is hot at midday and we perspire as we climb there is snow all around us it banks the paths it covers the rocks and in the higher levels it is deep in the hollows we see it melting under our feet only to freeze again at night and turn the pathway to ice the air is cold when the sun sets it is damp where the wind blows over the snow we frequently see white clouds float down from above our pathway and wrap us in mist now they thicken and we are walking in a light rain now the sun sends its rays through them they disappear and we are warm again near the tops of the mountains we travel slowly the air is so thin that we sometimes gasp for breath our feet grow heavy and our hearts beat with the exertion much of the way is over dangerous paths where we move along in single file 
each bound in one of the loops of a long rope which is tied to the guide so that if one should slip the others would keep him from dashing to pieces over the dizzy precipices along which we are crawling in the same way we cross the ice wastes where there are cracks hundreds of feet deep and where we pull ourselves along through the snows the views are indescribable at the foot of the mountains we see silvery lakes in nests of green hills walled with these snowy peaks which mirror themselves in their waters in the gorges roofed by the blue sky rocks half moss covered and scarred by glaciers rise precipitously for a thousand feet and at their feet roar and foam rivers of milk-white glacier water as cold as the icy caves in which they are born from the peaks we see snowy mountains one climbing over the other until they are lost in the blue sky of the horizon below is the jumbled mass of green forest and gray rock and beyond the snow line the glassy lakes and silvery streams reflecting the sun and the green pastures with the dots and spots upon them marking the cattle and the homes of the peasants while still far below with our glasses we can see the towns and cities of the plains among our most interesting journeys are those over the glaciers those great snow rivers of the alps which were frozen ages ago and which are freezing still they are vast masses of ice and snow filling the gorges high up in the mountains and slowly slowly moving down into the valleys writing their diaries upon the rocks and earth through which they are ploughing their way switzerland has hundreds of these mighty frozen cataracts or ice rivers the best place to see them is in the valley of chamouni high up on the side of mont blanc the summit of this mountain is just over the border in france but so much of its slope is in switzerland that many people have looked upon it as a swiss mountain it is with the exception of certain peaks of the caucasus the highest mountain in europe its snow-clad peak rising fifteen thousand seven hundred eighty one feet above the sea and high above the valley of chamouni into which sixty-four of its great glaciers drain we walk across the tete noire pass to chamouni where we stay overnight at one of the hotels to get an early start for the glaciers the sun is just rising when we come to the great walls of ice beyond the terminal moraines our guides cut steps into the ice and climbing up help us along by the ropes they have fastened about their waists it is hard work our hands are sore with the pulling and cold where we have seized the ice to hold on but at last we reach the top and stand on the glacier we are now in the midst of a wide turbulent ice river the waves are piled up in all sorts of shapes and the surface looks as though the stream had been rolling and tossing like the sea in a storm when by the wand of jack frost it was changed into ice the surface of the glacier is rough with little peaks here and there it has many great cracks or crevasses some of which are several hundred feet deep we lean over one and hear the water rolling along away down there under the great mass of ice there are streams of ice water flowing into the cracks and crossing the glacier this way and that here is a pool and there is a great crevasse half filled with melted snow we get down on our knees and take a drink of ice water from the pool and then start over the glacier 
we drive the steel points of our alpenstocks into the snowy white surface to steady ourselves although we are tied with ropes to one another and to the guide in single file we thus make our way up the frozen river now jumping a crevasse now winding about to avoid the greater ice mounds and now skirting the banks or moraines the masses of boulders and clay which the glacier has forced up and is carrying along as it moves on its way and is this glacier moving let us stop and watch it we hear a great crack now and then and sometimes a stone rolls down from the mountains upon it but we see no signs of motion in the great icy river under our feet and still it is moving now as it has been moving for ages it is one of the oldest travelers of history it began its journey centuries ago and will probably go on for ages to come it is traveling at the rate of two feet per day or about an inch every hour be careful how you jump across that crevasse if you should slip you might be lost in the ice and by the rope to which we are tied pull us all down to destruction as was the case of eight travelers on one of these mont blanc glaciers in eighteen twenty they were walking along just as we are when they slipped and were buried two hundred feet deep in the grand crevasse the snow covered their remains and it was not until forty years later that their frozen bodies began to appear at the end of the glacier in that time they had traveled about five miles or six hundred and eighty feet per year borne along in the glacier after exploring the mer de glace or sea of ice and other glaciers about chamonix we climb through the snows to the top of mont blanc and later on go up the rigi and other mountains by cog railroads we travel under the st gothard pass through its famous tunnel ten miles long to the south side of the alps and after visiting the lakes of como and maggiore come back over the simplon pass in a great coach drawn by six horses three abreast we have seats on the roof so high up that we need a ladder to reach them each of the horses has a necklace of bells which jingle merrily as we gallop along the coachman blows a horn now and then and the people come out and stare at us as we dash through the villages and down the steep hills we spend one night at the hospice a large stone house on the top of the mountain where we are entertained by the monks they are kind-faced shaven-headed men in cowls and long gowns who live here high up in the alps all the year round to succor travellers who may be lost in the storm they show us the huge red and white st bernard dogs who are trained to hunt for persons who may perhaps have been lost in the snow or knocked senseless by an avalanche or by a stone falling down from the mountains every day during the winter these dogs are sent out each carrying some food and a small bottle of brandy about its neck when they find a lost traveller who is unconscious they endeavour to arouse him they sit down beside him and howl for their masters or perhaps run back to the hospice and lead them to the spot End of chapter 26